We are on the fourth in the series of positioning yourself to hearing from God. This morning I want us to have a look at nine filters to ensure you heard from God. I think sometimes, even still though, we, we, we think we've heard from God. And I want to just share a few filters that I think one needs to, in a sense, double check. To say, did I really hear from God? So that's what I'm going to be sharing on. We, we've come to realize that Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, they listen to my voice. They don't just hear it, but they also do what he says, okay? We read in Jeremiah 29, 13, 12, yeah, it was 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me casually. Is that what it said? When you seek me with all of your heart. And I think sometimes we think that we can casually seek God and he must just pop the answer to our deep uh, found questions and it doesn't always work like that. He wants us to seek him with all of our all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that is when we will find him. Okay? And it's normally in the stillness that we find him. Okay, not in the hustle and bustle and busyness of life. We learned I just want to recap last week just a couple of things. Uh, we, learned, we were learning to recognize the voice of God through, firstly, we had a look at the advantages of hearing God. Then we look at uh, the steps that we needed to put in place in order to hear God's voice. And then we had the different voices that speak in our lives. And there were a couple of them, six of them. Firstly, we had the voice of Satan. Okay? We had the voice of our flesh. We had the voice of reason. Sometimes our hurt, our past hurts, issues in our lives that sometimes speak. Then we had the voice of your conscience. Then the voice of other people. But the most important voice is the voice of God, which should override all of those other voices. Okay. Even the voice of conscience. Sometimes our consciences are weak and seared, and they're not always good, and they're not always... Um, the way they should be. So even there, it's a bit, a bit dangerous. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you hear the voice of God. And then lastly, we looked at the key elements to clearly hearing God's voice. If you want to listen to that, you can go on YouTube. You will be able to catch up on that. So this morning, nine filters to ensure that we heard correctly from God. I believe that these are incredibly important. And I think that when it comes to very big decisions like moving or finding, getting a job, or should I do this, major moves, I encourage you to make sure that these, most of them, not always all of them, okay, but some of them are ticked. Okay? And those that are not ticked, as long as you don't go against them. Okay? And obviously not all of them will will be needed to but go through some of them and check that they're in line and when the deeper your relationship with with god is the more you get to know him it's almost like you just know this is god it becomes a second nature um, i remember with rob when when he i spoke to him he said ian you, your problem is you need to speak out more people th you think people know things but they don't and you, you just expect them to know it and you need to be more elaborate so i hope i'm going to try and become more like that okay so my first point do you know that it is line in line with the holy bible i'm i've been given this word from god i think this is what god has said first thing for me would be, does it line up with the scriptures? Because God never speaks with two voices. Never, ever, ever. Never. He will not say one thing that is contrary to his word. Never in a million years. Okay? 
And for me, that is the most important tick that I want with any word. If someone comes to me and says, I feel God is saying this, but it's against his word, I don't even contemplate, well, is this possibly from God? I don't even go down that route. I just immediately reject it. Okay? God never speaks with two voices. So if you think that God has spoken and it is against what he has said in his word, he has not said that. It is not from him. Don't even contemplate it. Don't even entertain it for one second. For instance, someone comes to you and it's happened before to me. I feel God says I must divorce my wife and marry that woman. Do I even entertain a I don't even entertain that in my thought pattern. I just say, no, you've not heard from God. Certainly not. Why? Because it's against the word of God. Why? God hates divorce. So he would never be the one to say, I want you to divorce this person. Okay? Nine out of ten, it's our flesh. Okay? In that case, it was 100% the flesh. I don't even need to ask the voice. I know this is the voice of the flesh. Hello? Okay? And all of us should, when we become mature, we need to immediately know, no, this is not from God. This is the flesh speaking. It's not even Satan, it's the flesh speaking. Okay. And we need to know that everything that God says to us must line up with his word. And that is our starting point. Okay. And that's why it's so crucially important that we study the word of God on a daily basis. Because the minute we do, when these things come, we don't even entertain it. It's just a second nature of. Hebrews 8 verse 10 and 11, it says there, beautiful scripture. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their, heart, in their minds and write them on their hearts. Who desires that? I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach, teach his neighbor... Or a man, his brother, saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me. Hallelujah. And I pray that that will be the case in this congregation, in all of our lives, that we will know from the least of them to the greatest. How awesome is that? I don't know who you think is the least in this congregation, and I don't, think you, who, I don't know who you think is the, the greatest. Irrelevant. With God, may He make it His word and His truth known to every one of us and literally inscribe it on, in our minds and on our hearts. Amen? But He cannot do that unless we spend time with Him. He cannot do that unless we study His word. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you study God's word because when God speaks, you will see it will confirm what he says in his word. And when someone comes to you with a word and they say, God, I feel God is saying this, you will know immediately from just from that section, is this a yes or a no? And you can immediately say when it's not from God, no. Why? Because it doesn't line up with the scripture. So you do not have to go through any of the other filters or keys that, that I'm going to be sharing with you. Okay, number two. Do prophetic words uh, given line up with your word. In other words, when I feel God is saying this, but I've had other prophetic words that say the opposite, then I need to immediately say, oh, oh, maybe this is not actually what God is saying. 1 Thessalonians five nineteen to 21, it says they do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Okay? Do not 
treat co- prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. And that which you do not believe from God rejected. And if you are not sure, put it on the shelf. You do not, you do not live by the prophetic word. It, it will, if, it's from, if it's truly from God, it will end up happening. Amen? If it doesn't happen, it was never from God. So don't live your life accordingly. However, when you know this prophetic word is from God, and then here comes a word that is contrary or opposite to that prophetic word, then you must know, oh, there's something here, not a, there's something amiss. And I would encourage you, if someone gives you a word and says, listen, I feel God saying this to you, and you know this is God's plan for your life, these are the prophetic words that He's spoken over your life through others or to yourself, you know that this is not of God. Reject it. Simple as that. Reject it. Okay. But do not, do not treat the prophetic words that God has spoken over your lives through whoever. Do not treat it with contempt. Test and approve it. Hold on to the good. Don't chuck the baby out with the bathwater. And you get many people that do that in this day and age. And I, w- I would encourage you not to do that. Number three. Do you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart? So he, he speaks to me. Now, sometimes you, you feel this is what he's saying. But now, is there confirmation in your heart? We read in Romans 9 verse 1, it says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. And here we come back to the conscience. Sometimes... You can listen to your conscience. Why? Because your conscience is clear and your conscience is good. But you get the confirmation coming from the Holy Spirit. That it confirms it. Right? And I think sometimes we also need that confirmation that yes, this is what God is saying. And I have full assurance that I know that this is what God is saying and therefore I can run. And I think that's another key that we should have in our lives. Number four. Do you need godly counsel and witness? God spoken to me this. I think maybe I should get godly counsel and witness. Proverbs 11 verse 14, it says there, For lack of guidance a nation falls, but many, but, but many advisors make victory sure. This we should be reading in Parliament, hey? Lack of guidance a nation falls. And you will see those nations that fall, and they do not thrive, they do not have godly, wise men and women at their side giving them counsel on areas that they are fundies on because they think they are the fundy and what ends up happening is they become dictators and it's tragic and every organization that is highly successful will always have people around them that are better than them who is ever at the top They'll always surround them with people that are far better than them at different, in different fields. You cannot be an expert at everything. You, can, you just cannot. And that is the way God intended it to be. Otherwise, you end up thinking you're God. And that's why if you are wise, you will place people around you that you can go to and say, Listen, this is what I feel God is saying. I need your counsel on this and I need your witness. I need to know that you feel this is what God is saying also. So when someone comes to me and says, I feel that I must marry this person. I say, oh, okay. And then I li- listen to and then I ask him a few questions. 
And then immediately you know, yay or nay, don't even go down that road. For instance, I remember when I was at uh, Litava Christian Church many, 20 years ago or whatever, this young guy comes up to me and says, no, he's, God's told him to marry this woman. I said, oh, okay. And I said, is she a Christian? No, she's Jehovah's Witness. I said, then God never told you. No, no, God told me I'm going to change you. I said, you, I said, you first make sure she uh, comes to serve God. Then you get that confirmation. But I want you to know God never told you that. Oh, how can you say that? I said, because I know the scriptures. That's my first tick that was not, the first one I asked him. <laughs> no, went and got married six months later, divorced. Why? Do not go against God's word. Another one, make sure that you have the counsel of others and you have them witnessing with what you feel God is saying. That is just common sense in my opinion. And if you want to be successful and be, be victorious in life, put people around you that you can bounce things off and say, I'm feeling saying this. Would you pray about it? And they'll pray about it. If they're godly, they will. And they will witness with it or they will not witness. And if they do not witness with it, then immediately stop. Don't move. If you say, well, I feel I should, go and then get the counsel from someone. If they then also say, no, then don't do it. If you wise, you won't do it. Okay. Proverbs 15.22, it says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but, many advise, uh, but with many advisors they succeed. Who of you understand and know that God has a purpose for your life? All of us here, I think, just about know God has a purpose for your life, right? And we make many plans, but are our plans in conjunction with the purpose that He has for our life? Because He's never going to give us a word that is contrary to the plan and purpose that He has for our lives. And your plan is different to mine, and my plan is different to yours. And therefore, He will tell you things to do that He will not tell me to do. And you will influence people that I will never have the opportunity to influence. And that's the beauty of the calling that each of us have. That's why no one's calling is more important than another. Not one. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you get the counsel and the witness of other people when you feel God, especially on big moves. Especially on big decisions. Okay? Number five. Do others confirm your word? Have you got the confirmation of others? Matthew 18 verse 16 says, But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, obviously there's many other scriptures that we could have looked at, but I believe body confirmation through a brother or a sister is very important. Especially when you want to, for instance, get married to someone or what are other things? Uh, change your job or, you know, resign and go to another. I think those confirmations are, to be honest, crucial. If you feel that, let's say someone comes to you and says, I would like to marry this person, would you pray about it? And you do not have peace. How dare you not tell them you do not have peace? And I have met many people, no, they didn't feel this was right, but they were too chicken to say it. You are an instrument in Satan's hand then, I'm going to be straight. 
because you are not being used of God to speak the truth in love. And we are to speak the truth in love. If we feel something is not of God, we need to say it. I'm not saying in a judgmental or critical manner, but a manner of love and just say, I do not witness with this. Simple as that. Very nicely. So I do not feel that this is the way you should be going. Or this is the mate for you. I just don't have peace. Maybe it will change. Would you? So you can even give yourself a back door. How's that? But if you honestly believe something and you don't say it, you are disobedient. And when we are disobedient, we are being used of Satan, not of God. You either gather with me or you scatter with me. You scatter. And we are together. So make sure that you get confirmation on big decisions from a brother or sister in Christ. Okay. Number six. Do, not, do circumstances uh, or timing line up to this word. God has said this. Does it line up with circumstances? Does it line up with the timing of God? And here also one could have used numerous examples. Um, Acts 1 verse 24 to 26 says there, Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias as he was added to the eleven apostles. Interesting, eh? They cost lots in the New Testament. They cost lots. Who of you cost lots here? Are you in the New Testament era? Or who of you sometimes put a fleece before God, say, Lord, I feel you saying this, but I'm not sure. I want a confirmation. If this happens, then I know it you saying this. If that happens, then I know it's not of you. Who does that? That's a fleece. Okay? Here they cost lots, okay? And I think there are many different ways that you can have this confirmation of his timing and also of uh, his, his uh, circumstances lining up. Yes. That's similar to casting lots, hey? You've seen that, yeah. There's, there's many examples that you can uh, sh- share fr- on this one. I mean, um, Philip, Philip meets the Ethiopian eunuch. Do you think that was perfect timing and circumstance or was that by chance? Hello? Why do you think he went there? Why do you think God was saying, I want you to go to, on this road? Doesn't, sometimes God says, go this way, and you're thinking, but why? No, he just said it. Are you going to just obey it, or are you going to reason it out? And sometimes God says, go this way, and you go there, and there, it's the perfect circumstance and situation and timing for you to change someone's life forever. And that's what ended up happening with the Ethiopian eunuch, right? There's many other examples. Jesus with the woman at the well. Should he have been there? No. He should have been with the disciples in town. But he's there and what does he do? He says, please would you give, give me... Uh, he, he, he goes and says, says to her, please would you give me water? So then what does Jesus say to him, to the, to the woman? I can give you water which you, you'll never thirst anymore. No. And then he goes and he ministers to her. So much so that he, she ends up going back to town and said, This woman told me everything I've ever done, not done. All my history, which is obviously not the case, but that's how much it impacted her heart and life. Because of their being at the right place at the right time. 
And I want to encourage you, when God speaks, you will often see that this will line up. You'll, you'll, have, you'll be at the right time, at the right, right place at the right time. And maybe even get a job at the right time, hey, in the right, right circumstance. Number seven, do you think it could lead you into sin? Sometimes God gives us a word and we need to say, could this lead me into sin? Uh, I feel God is saying I need to go and counsel that woman over there. Could be that God is saying that. It could be. However, we need to be very careful. Will this word possibly lead me into sin, yes or no? And then we need to put in measures to make sure that they don't happen. Or we need to double check what's the motive of our heart. One of the most important keys is to check the motive of your heart. Is your motive pure? Okay. Luke eleven four. one of the least prayed things in all of our prayer life. And I'd say that with absolute confidence. Forgive us. Okay. Our sins. I think many of us pray that. And as as we also forgive everyone who sins against us, maybe a little less people pray that one. But this one, very few people pray. And lead us not into temptation. Who are you praying to there? Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he, he's praying to God the Father. Right? And he says, Father God, lead us not into temptation. Can God lead you into temptation? Yes, he can. Can he tempt you? No. But can he lead you into temptation? Yes, he can. Jesus, when he had fasted 40 days, was led by who? The Holy Spirit. He was led by God to be tempted by Satan to show us that he could overcome. But the problem is we need to pray this because most of us, if not all of us, cannot overcome. That's why we need to pray. Lord, do not lead me into a situation where I can be tempted because why you and I will fall. Hello? And that's why He is God and we can worship Him that even after 40 days He was tempted with the most severe temptations, yet He never fell. But mo I would say all of us do not have His strength. All of us do not have His heart. All of us do not have His purity, yet we desire it. And that's why we continuously worship Him as our God. And I want to encourage you, Pray that prayer and lead me not into temptation. There are temptations around every single one of us all the time, every day. I don't know what's your temptation, or should I say your weakest point? I don't know. Maybe it's women, maybe it's money, maybe it's cars, maybe it's finances. I don't know what it is, but whatever, maybe it's porn. You need to know what, you know what, what for you is the major temptation. And you need to put measures in place that you will not fall and you need to pray Lord lead me not into temptation and if you have a weakness in this area and God's, and you feel God is saying you must do that but you have a weakness in you, that area God has not spoken to you if you have a problem with theft God will not put you in a bank because you're going to get fired right? Okay. so if you have a problem in that regard and he says, you, you, you must go and be a teller there. Uh, uh, I'm going to say to you, uh, uh, this is something you first need to overcome in your life before he's going to do that. Right? So I want to encourage you to go and double check. Could this word possibly lead me into any form of sin?
Okay. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Every thought that we know that is not of God, we take it obedient to the voice of Christ, to the Scriptures. And if we feel that we've got a word, but we would be tempted in that regard, take that thought captive and say, no, this is not of God. Okay? Number eight, do you have the peace of God? 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of disorder but of peace. And this to me is one of the, I would probably put this as almost your second criteria. Second to having scriptural confirmation is the peace of God. If If you are, don't do it. If there's not peace, don't move. For me, that I've learned through life that that is one of the most important things. If you do not have peace, do not go ahead. There must be peace. And those of you that have know exactly what I'm talking on, on there and have gone against having peace, you've known, you know with me. And I also know from physical life experience what a flop it ends up, right? Yeah? And many of us, I think most of us are going to say, yeah, I didn't have peace about this yet. I thought this was a great idea and it just flummoxed. It was a mess. Right? All the sums worked out, all the ideas worked out, all this worked, but I just didn't have peace, but I went ahead because it looked a good idea or this I felt God was saying and it flopped. I hope you just didn't blame God, okay? But I can guarantee you most of us have had that. We we've, have not had the peace. We've gone with But if we would have gone through a diff, couple of the other categories, like getting body confirmation and witness with another person, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gone through that road. Okay. It would have helped stop, the, stop us in our tracks. Current, uh, Colossians 3 verse 15 said, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. You were called to a life of, not a life of turmoil, not of a life of anxiety, a life of peace. And where there's no peace, don't move. Okay. And then lastly, do you feel this falls into the plan of God for your life? Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. If God had to say to you, I want you to go um, sell up everything you have, and or let's say someone gave you that word, you must sell up everything and you must go and minister to the people in Iraq, who of you here would go? None of you. Hey? That's terrible. Why wouldn't you go? Why? Do you believe that's part of God's plan for your life? Has He ever said it to you? Ever? Any of you? Hello? Never. Suddenly this word comes. What are you going to do? It immediately doesn't line up with this. You understand? That's why the minute we have some of these filters, we can immediately say, I don't feel this is part of God's plan for my life. Okay? We can do many great good deeds. We can do many... 
great exploits, but if it's not in God's plan for your life, you're stepping out of His perfect will for your life. Can, can you step out into God's permissive will for your life? Yes, you can, by the way. Permissive is not His perfect will. And He'll still love you. Hello? But it is not His perfect will for your life. Let me go back because I see some of you not understanding. If you get divorced, was that God's perfect will for your life? No. So he, he permits it. Will he still love you? Will he still be with you? Can he still restore you? But was it his perfect will that that should happen? No. Right? Can he still restore you back to a position where you feel, well, I'm in my, at God's perfect Yes. But originally that his perfect will was that there would be, be no division, no divorce, because of the hurts that it caused you and that you have to work through and go through to b- come to a point of complete wholeness again. Okay? So, always be very careful to check all these nine points. Do you feel this falls into the plan of God? I feel God is saying this does... Ian, I must sell up everything and I must go to America. Someone says that to me. And then immediately I said, but this is not what God has said to me. This doesn't fall into the plans that I'm sensing and feeling God has for me. So immediately I said, no, I don't think this is from God. Then I go to a brother and sister. I said, this is what I feel God was saying to me. Yes or no? Please pray about it. And unless they come back with a yeah, because it doesn't fit, I will immediately say no. And did I have peace? Well, I didn't really have peace. So that's number second criteria for me. No, I'm not going to confirmation. Yes, no, no, no. Right, not going to do it. If we will, if we have God speaking to us, and we are not sure, I want to encourage you use these nine filters because after this, I guarantee you, you will not miss it. And many times we miss it in our lives because we are too proud and arrogant to use these filters in our lives. And one of your best filters, second to the word and peace, is our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hello? And that is why the fellowship of brethren is so important. Because they know you. They know what God is wanting to do in your life. They know what He's wanting to do through you. And they are the ones that love you and care for you and do not want you to mess up. And they will say, ah, I don't sense this what God's saying. And you need to be humble enough to say, okay, I've missed it. Say, right, Lord? So, hear the nine again. Okay? Get a word and then I go through these. Do you know that it is in line with God's word? Yes or no? Do uh, do prophetic words that I've been given over the years line up with this word that I've been given? Yes or no? Do you feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and confirming this? Yes or no? Do you need godly counsel and witness? Most of the time we do, especially on big decisions. Do others confirm your word and say, yes, we confirm this is what God is saying. Do circumstances or timing line up perfectly? Do you think it could lead you into sin? And I think this is an important one, okay? Especially with men in ministry. This is a crucial one. Um, Number seven, do you think it, uh, sorry, number eight, do you have the peace of God? For me, the second most important one, second to the scriptures. And do you feel it falls into the plan of God for your life? 
Or if you're giving a word, do you feel it falls into the plan of someone else's life that God has for them? Okay. Does it help at all? Are you going to make sure that you go through those filters? And many, I'm sure there's others that some of you could come and share with me, and that's great. I'll add it to the list. How's that? For instance, discerning. There are others that you could probably put to this. These are, for me, some of the majors that we should double-check. Yeah? And if any of them you think, mm, then I would say don't do it. Okay. Father, I thank you for every single person here. I thank you that you desire to have fellowship with us and speak to us intimately. Lord, we desire to hear your voice and hear it clearly. But sometimes, Lord, our emotions and our own personal desires and ambitions get in the way. And for that we say, Lord, we're sorry. Please forgive us. But would you protect us from making wrong decisions? Would you protect us from hearing incorrectly? And Lord, I pray that we would be humble enough to go to our brothers and sisters and say, I need you to pray about this. And that we would be humble enough when we do not have the confirmation, that we do not have the agreement of our brothers in Christ to say, okay, maybe I missed it. So, Lord, I pray that you would grow us. pray that you would mature us. I pray that you would show us your will and your plan for our lives. I pray that you would speak to us and speak through us into other people's lives, that their lives would be better off because we have spoken. But we have spoken as ambassadors and spokesmen for you. So I pray your blessing upon our lives in your precious name. I pray this. Amen and amen.